0: Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Machine Learning. This week, I'm your host, Charles Maxwood, and I am here with the author of Learning TensorFlow.js, the <laughs> one and only amazing, illustrious Gant Laborde.
1: Gant! Woo! It's Gant Laborde, and I'm here! Welcome, <laughs> young ones. I love
0: That's it. Weird. <laughs> so am I. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for people to be
1: like, Oh, he got some big name author. Oh, yeah, it's just Gantt again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hey, everybody, too bad. You have more more really bad puns and crazy internet memes coming your way. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's been a few months. Do you want to fill people in on what you've been up to? Oh, my goodness. Let's see.
0: Did you work your tail off to get that senior developer gig just to realize that senior dev doesn't actually mean dream job? I've been there too. My first senior developer job was at a place where all of our triumphs were the bosses and all the failures were ours. The second one was a great place to continue to learn and grow, only for it to go under due to poor management. And now I get job offers from great places to work all the time. Not only that, but the last job interview I actually sat in was a discussion about how much my podcast had helped the people interviewing me. If you're looking for a way to get into your dream job, then join our Dev Heroes Accelerator not only will we help you get the kind of exposure that makes you attractive to your dream employer, but you'll be able to ask them for top dollar as well. Check it out at DevHeroesAccelerator.com.
1: Company's been doing fantastic. Infant Red's just doing wonderful in the React Native space. We host the React Native conference. We do the you know, we do React Native Radio now, and then we also do the React Native newsletter. We've been breaking into AI pretty been it's been fantastic as well. Right. We've I've just released a book called Learning TensorFlow.js, which is published with O'Reilly. I am machine learning Google developer expert, as well as a web Google developer expert. Also part of the Oracle Groundbreakers program, the Amazon Community Builders program, also part of the Media <laughs> Developer Expert program. So networking and interacting and building cool things is the name of the game. And our team is growing as well. So for the first time in forever, we started hiring. And that was awesome. So we, nice. uh, we're we we're bringing in, right now, since we are overflowing on React Native work, we are bringing in React Native devs at careers.infinite.red. So life's been, wow, uh, so much better <laughs> after 2020.
0: <laughs> good, good to hear. Yes, and indeed. Yeah. Twenty twenty one got off to a little bit of a rocky start in a couple of places, but oh, it yeah. looks like it. A lot of it's kind of dying down, and we can get back to sort of yeah. Normal.
1: And the, the way I kind of mention it is like you know you're gonna you're gonna feel pain doing some of the things that are good for you, and I feel like settling the sort of especially here in the U.S. settling a lot of inter like I, I've never seen people so angry at their neighbor as I have in 2020. Oh man. And There's gonna be a lot of tears when people are kind of like having hard conversations. And I think that that's what we saw at the beginning of 2021. People are actually communicating a little bit more. Uh, I opened Facebook and actually talked to people (laughs) instead of yell at them. (laughs) It's getting there, it's getting there. But I don't wanna yell at them. I went to high school with them. We could say hi to each other, civil. We could be nice.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I've gotten yelled at for posting my opinion on some things on Facebook. Oh, it's,
1: of course. By people you know, that I've and, known
0: for 30 years. I'm just like,
1: really? Well, I you know, Facebook is it, it, let's you know, just just talk for a second here about the anonymization and the dehumanization of technology was exacerbated in 2020 because everybody became this remote screen name. Which, Uh as we all know, anonymous screen names post the most disgusting and terrible stuff on, on like insulting people. And you always have someone who creates a username just to show up and troll or attack. Right. And what that did in 2020 is it turned all of us into that sort of like vestige of a human being for a while. And it let people sort of like, I guess, get rid of their humanity. And I think it's good that people are coming back to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there are definitely some relationships that I've been reaching out to rekindle. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it I had to swallow my pride on too, but it's yeah. just the way it goes. So
1: that, that again, that, yep, that's how growth feels, right? <laughs> yep. yep. There's a book so. I'm reading right now called Anti Fragile. I wish I'd read it in 2020. Mm-hmm. I, maybe that'll be my show's pick and uh, I come back to it, but it's about how hard times make stronger people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a little bit more involved than that, but I wish I'd read that in 2020. I would have felt a lot better. Right. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Well, we should probably talk about TensorFlow, and then we
0: can talk a little bit more about this during the let's talk about the robots, man. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Our our new robot overlords. (laughs) That's what came to my head when when you said it. So
1: I said it. Yeah. (laughs) I I for one welcome them.
0: (laughs) Just when they're podcasting by by the seat of my pants, folks.
1: (laughs) When they show up, they'll be like, who who was uh, against us? I'll be like, no, nah, what's up, guys? <laughs> hey, robots.
0: Yeah, they're going to look at me and go, he wasn't against us, but he wouldn't shut up. <laughs> that, that means you gave them data. They'll appreciate it. There, there we go. Yeah, their sample size on me will be exceptionally large. That's right. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so let's get into this book. So you, you wrote... This book on TensorFlow JS, learning TensorFlow.js, it's yes out by O'Reilly Media. It looks like it's not yet completely released. You can get an early release
1: copy, right? Oh. Here's the thing. You write a book and then they they go back and they correct all your spelling mistakes. I don't know why. You know, we don't care about that. And then they they punch <laughs> up your diagrams like my stick men that I drew weren't perfect. They hire some kind of illustrator to come back and draw real stuff where I tried. So they've been doing that. It's in quality check, too, right now. So it should be out anytime, probably by the time this podcast is out.
0: Good deal. Yeah, it says July 2021 on O'Reilly's website. Oh, yeah.
1: Under promise over deliver.
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so it'll show up tomorrow. Anyway. Probably. (laughs) Probably. So uh, so anyway so I'm looking at this and I know that some folks who are listening to the show are going to go okay TensorFlow JS like why mm-hmm. JavaScript
1: Yeah yeah why yeah why TensorFlow that way for sure so if you're an advanced th- this has two major audiences if you mm-hmm. are like brand new to AI but you've been doing websites for a while this book is for you if right. you are a AI expert and you're like hold up I could be putting this stuff into the web pages way better and get way better inference time and get all this cool benefits of not having round trip to the server. This book is for you as well. We've tested it on two different groups. And both of them scored very highly. So I'm very happy to say if, you, <laughs> if you've been in the web world for a while and you're like, hey, I don't know what this stuff is. Good, good book. But um, also at the same time, if you've never moved a model, like a machine learning model to the client Uh to get like real time access to the webcam and immediate feedback and all that other stuff. And you want to learn how, you know, what the differences are and how to actually write the JavaScript around stuff like that, then this is a fantastic book for you. And then that's honestly the big benefit to TensorFlow JS versus traditional TensorFlow Uh is that the models can go to the edge. You could put them on phones in their TensorFlow.js form, and then you could put them in a browser. You could put them on IoT. Uh, you could put them on Raspberry Pis. It's just JavaScript, so it goes everywhere JavaScript goes. Right, that makes sense. I'm wondering then if somebody has a
0: model that they've built in just regular TensorFlow or mm-hmm. you know something like that.
1: D- does it transfer? Like, can yeah, I use the yeah. same model in uh, both places? Ch- chapter seven, we take the classic MNIST model, and we convert it over to TensorFlow.js. So you get yourself one that's been trained in TensorFlow. And then you say, I would like this to be in TensorFlow.js. Now you run the command and then it's in TensorFlow.js. So I show you all the gotchas and stuff like that. Now, the classic one like MNIST, is doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles, so it's kind of easy to convert over. But I will warn this: um, TensorFlow JS is a subset of TensorFlow, and therefore okay. you do always run the risk of like that greatest, awesome, brand new feature that showed up in TensorFlow might not be in TensorFlow JS. So if you're cutting, cutting, cutting edge on what's coming out in the framework, then you might have a conversion problem but they're always fighting for parity between the two. Right. Well, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, I'm it's sure I would have stumbled amazing. over that. <laughs> yeah, you find a really cool model, but what's what's great about it is it feels like there's going to be this huge cost coming your way, mm-hmm. right? And that that what I just mentioned is the biggest part of the cost there. One of the great things that you can have here is, you know, when you move stuff to the browser or node backend or stuff like that. You're like, oh, well, I just lost speed. You you might have gained speed, believe it or not. Node has outperformed Python in a few situations. Don't forget, you still have access to the GPU. And then Uh uh, you also get this sort of like uniformity across if you decide to use WebAssembly as your backend. I'm starting to see WebAssembly with threads reach speeds parallel to that of... People having a GPU. So it's pretty impressive what you can actually get running these models directly inside of the clients on each machine, either in Node.js as a like a small server or in the browser or such. It intelligently chooses the best backend that it can, but they're coming out with new backends all the time. It uses WebGL to access the GPU. But oh, now nice. they're doing another one called WebGPU that seems to be even faster. And that's like in beta. And so it looks like, I mean, I don't want to write a lick of GPU code. I know somebody who did. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, he's okay now, folks. He's okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but I don't have to worry about all that stuff or write any web Assembly. I just write JavaScript. Right. And then it figures it out for me.
0: Oh, good old WebAssembly. Assembly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All the Good promise luck. and none of the delivery. It's right. still still constantly in flux, right? And let that yeah. be Google's problem. That's what I say. Let, I hear you. let that be Google's problem. A decree upon the world. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so,
1: so, yeah. So what is the process that you walk people
0: through then? Especially if oh, you've yeah. got kind of two groups that are coming into this, right? Because I would yeah. imagine that the... Machine learning experts coming in are gonna have different concerns than the
1: JavaScript Very or web different. experts coming in, right? Very different. The the sort of like functionality here is, is exposure to to what's going on. So what you kind of learn in chapter one is the classic chapter one. It's it's like how to use this book and a little bit of motivation. Mm-hmm. Now If you're like me, you almost skip chapter one in every book. (laughs) (laughs) But if you're a chapter one reader, I did the best I can to give you the most motivating angle of of what's going on and then explain like the code for the book. You have it all. And here's how it's organized. And here's what's going Mm -hmm. on. And here's how you can kind of go forward. So I would recommend don't tra- uh, don't skip my chapter one, but that's fine. Chapter two, <laughs> I, I get something working immediately, and I think that this is important for both classes, right? right. You take a uh, toxicity detector model and a toxicity detector, detects how toxic a particular phrase is so if i were to say an insult which actually if as long as i use a word that's like a cuss word it's kind of easy but you could say like hell yeah and it means a good thing you know or go to hell means something different so it does depend on the words but it depends on the context of the words well we do like a really really hard to detect insult in the book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a human being, you go, that's definitely an insult. But for AI, you you could see like, how would it be able to do this? Like, if I were to code this, how would I be able to detect this as an insult? And then we pull down an already working package on, on toxicity, we run the sentence through that. And then it gives us the results of what it sees in that sentence. And you could see that it barely, you know, like it, it's hard but it detects that it's an insult and it goes okay you know here you go this is this is an insult and here's the results so when you're brand new to this you go wow i can take any sentence now i can take mm-hmm. all of my twitter and then I could get like a toxicity score, or I could take somebody that we're about to hire and get a toxicity score, or I can put a filter up at a chat for our conference. Right. Be like, oh, hey, this is getting flagged because it's got a high toxicity score. Are you sure you want to do it? Sort of like uh, Nextdoor does with their posts, right? Mm-hmm. And so you could you could put that in tomorrow and as a web developer. You're like, cool. As an experienced programmer who's done python and has seen like advanced models before you're like excellent i just saw you pull in in javascript a advanced model and i see the structure of the data as it comes out and i can kind of now i've i've used something immediately so that's in chapter 2 right. you've got somebody who's never done javascript before Delivering this, delivering this sort of like protocol. And in chapter two, a person who's never done AI before gets an AI result. So they both win right. in that sort of thing. And, and it kind of works that way. Now, every so often there's going to be a chapter where one person's going to be a little bit more inundated with new information versus another. But for the most part, I keep both of these audiences interactive. I like
0: it. Yeah. So just by showing them how to implement, the the AI
1: expert gets the
0: JavaScript experience and the JavaScript expert gets the AI yeah. experience.
1: Pra- staying as pragmatic as possible gives all the the sort of like real world feels. Because, you know, in, in, in Chapter 6, here's the thing. You could be good at JavaScript and honestly not know anything about how to render to a canvas. Like, like Uh maybe you just never rendered to a canvas before. Well, then, honestly, you're on the same side as the, you know, the data scientist who's never worked with HTML canvases before. And so you could get a whole bunch of benefit there. Now, if you know a ton about HTML canvases, then you, in Chapter 6, you're learning about a brand new model that I haven't covered before. I made sure that I don't recover the same kind of thing. Uh So that way it's like, oh, okay, well, at least... Hey, I'm a master at canvases, but I'm learning about a brand new AI model this time. And so I iterate in each chapter to get something new for each, per- for each audience, yeah.
0: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of examples or what kinds of uh, yeah. algorithms, uh, models, patterns are people going to be implementing?
1: Mostly visual. I found that... People respond very well to visual machine learning examples. There's some sort of tactile visual connectivity that comes across this. With audio in a book would have been way hard. And the text that I do, I actually limit that to chapters two and three. In chapters two, we do the toxicity. In chapter three, we actually do a recommendation engine and that's the end of where i kind of leave things inside of text because i feel that it's just a so much more tangible that we're going to find cute pet faces and we're going to put a box around a cute dog's face <laughs> it's just this it, it's like uh, what would twitter driven development right <laughs> right i've got a picture of a of a cute dog alongside the lesson it's way better <laughs> yeah yeah, I could see that. My yeah. uh, my five-year-old would love that. Yeah. Puppies. She's way yeah, into animals, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's to me, I know that, well, probably AI experts will be like, oh, this book never covered this, it never covered that, it never covered this, it never covered that. But the truth is, I can't make a 1,000-page book. O'Reilly actually specifically would not let me <laughs> make this book any larger than it already is. They said your goal is 300 pages. Anything beyond that, we're going to cut the book. We're going to cut pieces. And Ooh. I was like, well, I'm not going to overwrite. Yeah. Uh, but the truth is, you have to choose one of the major categories of application of AI to lean into that everybody can follow. Right. And that meant that I had to choose one avenue, which was a little bit of text in the beginning because text is nice and simple. It gets more complicated later on, but then we'll go into there, we'll go into visual. And then you've got you got your fingers on it, right? Right. If, if you finish the book, there's nothing stopping you from going and, and applying that same knowledge to text and, and other aspects of AI that are out there that you might need. If you're like, oh, I want to generate new anime characters. Well... You've got to learn generative adversarial networks or different kinds of... You have to learn all the different GANs out there. But all the knowledge that you got from the book immediately applies. Like, oh, okay. Well, I know, I already know how to load the model, handle the tensors, merge the data, clean it up, do all the things I need to do. Because that's what the 12 chapters of the book kind of taught me. I think it's a good jumping off point for whatever kind of crazy project people want to do.
0: Yep. yeah, Very cool. So
1: what have uh, I'm going to pivot this a little bit. What have you built with with (laughs) TensorFlow.js? So many things. Let's see. I built back in 2018 a mobile app and a website to identify whether a person was Nicolas Cage or not. (laughs) (laughs) I still have the website up. That's important. It was super important. It was hilarious. We had... uh, Changed the world. We had a in the audience for the talk, I had a friend wearing a Nicolas Cage mask. And so Uh we used the app to find him in the audience. (laughs) Oh, nice. It was fun. And then I've always had this weird want to sort of like watch the machine learn and then see how smart it is at each level. Uh, Uh The problem is like... There's thousands upon thousands of iterations, usually, to watch it, like, learn. So I chose the simplest problem possible. I chose tic-tac-toe, which Uh tic-tac-toe you can solve. I mean, it's a solved problem altogether, and there's plenty of ways that you can actually do it. But what I decided to do, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give it the game data and, like, have it do that. So we actually, some of the results that go into the book but I made a website called uh tensorflow tic-tac-toe.co. And uh-huh. then you're like, Hey Gant, why didn't you buy the .com?" The truth is it rhymes now. <laughs> TensorFlow tic tac <laughs> So I bought the .co, and you can actually watch the AI learn. So you, you play a game and then you tell it, Hey, learn how to play. Like I did when I played, player X, learn how to play like it did when I played player O and the other things. And then each time you train it, it gets, you know, it plays more like that player and won't make those mistakes that that it would normally make. And you can actually watch it learn and you could teach it how to be a pretty unbeatable AI if you give it five or six amazing game examples. Nice. That sounds fun. yeah. There's a video on uh, the website. So if you go to tensorflow tic-tac-toe.co, it's hard for me not to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you click on the bottom left, I put a little video there explaining what the hell that website's doing, and it's it's a lot of fun. And so that's in JavaScript. I did this really cool amplify thing where you could see your audience's reactions while you're giving your talk in a virtual uh-huh. conference that one did really well it's called enjoying the dot show oh i yeah, think I've, you talked I, about that before probably yeah, i've gotten i did a talk at on tensorflow youtube channel about it and i also did a talk on amplified days about it it was really good yeah to be honest man it's, it's really easy to come up with cool applications of this stuff i probably have a i have a document in my google drive called really awesome machine learning ideas and it's got 19 ideas in there and I've like implemented five <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun yeah it's good the The book helped out a bit too so I do have some of the examples from the book I went ahead and fleshed out into full on websites as well so it's been uh-huh. fun <laughs> that sounds like fun yeah hey folks if you love this
0: podcast and would like to support the show or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages then you're in luck we're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv/premium. So now that you have a book written and you're bona fide expert, um, <laughs> <laughs> what
1: are, what are you doing now? Like, what are you working um, on these days? So we are, like I said we we've been we've been having a lot of. I, I'm very happy to say we've done okay during the pandemic and we have a lot of like pretty big name companies coming to us as a company for AI and react native work. So one of the things that we that I'm focused on is helping us with our growth there and also trying to onboard our own team into sort of like learning a bit more about AI stuff. And I've had quite a few people reach out like hey, can you Can you come teach us this? And you come teach us that? And the truth is, I'd say like if eight more people come out and request like on-site training, I'm going to have to create a damn course. (laughs) I have to create another online course, (laughs) which is not a bad thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'd love to see another course from you. Your first course was awesome.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to do courses, by the way. It's yeah, it is. It's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding when you have an online course.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on one of my own, but it's it's a paid. It's interesting going through the process because, yeah, like I have people working through it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, kind of as I go. Yeah, that's kind of where I, I actually get to see. Okay this is working this isn't working
1: yeah so. having people test it's so so important and if you're ever stuck if if anybody out there is ever stuck creating educational content just watch somebody consume the content that you have and listen to their questions that will you know so for instance i had somebody reading the book and it did the same thing it did for the course when they come back with their questions, I was like, wow, you just gave me three more chapters that have to exist in this. And yep. I know everything that's in those chapters. It's a matter of me sitting down and taking it out of my head and putting it in this format for you. So teaching teaching very much, you know, <laughs> we depend heavily on the student. Otherwise, you're just some schmuck standing up in front of nothing and talking. <laughs> <laughs> And get so much from good questions.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, is there anything else you want to dive into with this book? I guess it's on Amazon.
1: Yeah. What I'll say is this. You probably... It's it's so many different applications that, that could be applied. Uh, I feel like the world of products out there is sort of like my document where I've got 19 ideas and I've implemented four or five. I feel like every time I touch a product, you know, somebody comes along and says, okay, you know, this is what we have. I was like, do you have a recommendation engine in there? No. Do you have, do you have like content checking in any sense? No. Are you collecting the data so that later on you could like create an algorithm to do these things? No. It's like, all right. Uh, One thing I'd say is like start thinking If, if you're already, in data science or any of those things, you, you already know this story. Someone shows up to you with a great idea and no data. And you're like, okay. uh, I, don't, I can't create anything for you. You know, like, the one thing I can do is start creating how you should start gathering it. So what I say is like, there's so many great ideas out there. Know what the ideas are and start gathering the information. And then uh, I'm, I'm expecting to see TensorFlow.js in websites everywhere. Like it's already... I mean, for instance, when I'm writing my emails, my emails get finished for me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I hit tab and I say, that's what I was going to say. Sure. <laughs> and nice. then um, I have it, you know, yeah. kind of like in a bunch of different places all over. So I'm starting to see it more and more places. And I think that we're all, the the sooner you see it, the, more, the sooner you think about it in products, the better off we all are. Nice. Well, I'm
0: looking forward to seeing what you come up with. And yeah, I I think we're going (laughs) to see this pop up in more and more places. I mean, we're already seeing some of the predictive stuff in like Gmail and things like that. So, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, I think it's just a matter of time. Well, I I think that we're seeing some pretty pretty fun creations happened last year. I'm going to give a shout out to Jason Mays who runs the TensorFlow.js advocacy at Google. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he's got this hashtag on Twitter called #madewithtfjs. And that's a that's a golden hashtag right there. You want to you want to watch that one because the the crazy creations that people make they come back and they put a uh, hashtag made with TFJS on there and uh-huh. if you scroll through that you can see some pretty impressive stuff cool i'll have
0: to go check it out yeah all right well let's go ahead and do some picks i guess before we do that i was ask the guests where people can connect with them online so i i know you're uh-huh. out there
1: on twitter and stuff yeah yes. where, where do you
0: want people to connect with you
1: well, I am uh, Gant Laborde, and so you can find me at Gantlabord on uh, Twitter. And as of this writing, my SSL, as of this recording, my SSL certificate on ganantlabord.com is expired and Let's Encrypt won't let me get a new one for a few days for some reason. So <laughs> if you go to gantlabord.com, you may or may not get to see all my speaking engagements, places to follow me and check out cool stuff. You can see all the stuff that's coming up. I still update the website, even though the SSL certificates, uh, <laughs> for some reason, being very, very angry. But yeah, just look at Gantlabour, Twitter. And on GantletBoard.com. Awesome. Hey, folks. I
0: don't know if you've noticed, but I've been working a lot on figuring out how to help people become the most valuable developers on their teams or becoming the top 5% of developers in the field. If you're looking to level up, figure out how to contribute more, get the career you want, get the career that you want that will support the lifestyle you want, then you should check out the Most Valuable Dev Summit. I've invited some of my friends across the community, people that you've heard of, people that have worked on systems that you use on a daily basis, people who have invented new ways of doing things over the years in programming, and I've asked them one question, and that question is, how do you become a top 5% developer? How do you become one in 20 of the best developers out there? And so we're going to go ahead and have that conversation with them in interviews on The Most Valuable Dev Summit. And you can find that at summit.mostvaluable.dev. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. I'm curious to see what you come up with this time around. I'm (laughs) going to throw out a few picks here. The first pick I have. So this weekend, I got away with a bunch of guys that I pretty much talk about everything with and they they do the same with me and with each other. And yeah, there were a bunch of things that came out of that. One of them was just that, and it kind of like hit me in the face like a ton of bricks was just how much relationships matter. I mean, we were talking about this before the show, but that's kind true. of the theme of the get-together, because there were 150 of us there. My small group, which is the group of guys that I talk to all the time, there are 10 of us. and I think eight of us were actually at the event. But yeah, just the the real power behind relationships and what that really means going through, you know, and, and that's what inspired me to reach out to folks is I was like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. have a good relationship with this person and I wish I did right yeah and some stuff that they did some stuff that i did some stuff that's just stupid Mm -hmm. but in the in the end it doesn't matter right and so yeah it was funny i actually got off the the airplane took the light rail down to the commuter train and i took the commuter train most of the way home but while i was sitting in the station for the commuter train because it was i think i had like a 45 minute wait for the commuter train I just called up a bunch of people that I hadn't talked to in a while. Like, nice. One of them had chewed me out for stuff that wasn't my fault. <laughs> and one of them had chewed me out for stuff that was my fault. And, you know, one of them I just hadn't talked to in a while. And I just called them up. Hey, how's it going? Right. And just had a good talk and just kind of gained back some of that humanity between us. Right. Yeah. And anyway, so it, it was really, really powerful. So and I've put out a couple of podcast episodes, bonus episodes on this feed, among others. But relationships really matter. Oh, yeah. And so if there's somebody who you cut ties with over something stupid and politics is a stupid reason to cut ties with people, <laughs> because I've seen a lot of that and I don't understand yeah. it. Right. It's like I have people that I don't agree with politically. And it's like, look, if you want to talk about it and we can maintain our relationship. Great. If we can can't
1: talk about it with that still maintain our relationship. Let's talk about other stuff. Right. Yeah. And, you know, this is to chime in on that. What I think ends up happening is that people feel that other people don't care because of what their politics are. And inevitably, you pull them off the internet, you put them in a room, you put them next to each other. They do care. They do care. It's just... It, it, it probably is not even close to what you think yeah. that person really cares about or what they... Because like it winds up being that you're like, look, how can you be on Podium X when I see it from this direction and this is what Podium X says? And right. inevitably, if you sit down and you kind of open it up, you find out that person's really, really... They need to have that conversation. That conversation is healthy for everybody uh, to have it directly. But to assume that because it goes through a third party, I think back channeling and chatting and indirect communication is a toxicity of 2020. It's this Mm -hmm. non-high bandwidth version of reading one another. And right. you need, before you dismiss somebody, you need to have a real conversation with them to know that that's what they really think, not to assume it. Right. Yeah, to put it a slightly
0: different way, I've seen people that have basically, yeah, they've painted the Democrats as one thing or the Republicans as another thing. Oh, yeah. And they see, see somebody vote that way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, then you must agree with, yeah, this flawed premise I, or this horrible idea, right? i must. Reality is to so is, many people, yeah. Yeah, and the reality is is that they don't see any of that, right? Yeah. Or they understand that some people see it that way, but they since they don't see it that way, they decide to vote that way anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, you know, that party or this party on on whatever issues matter to them or whatever values matter to them seem to align better with them, right? And so it has nothing to do with the other ideas that you're putting out there that you're ascribing to that group they're voting on one issue or two issues or a certain set of values they have nothing to do with those things and so by ascribing those those attributes that you don't like from the, from the party to the person yeah you're you're giving them i guess a black eye that they don't deserve because <laughs> at the end of the day right they're not voting for so and so because they believe something abhorrent It's just you know their perspective tells them that this other thing is more important or that that point of view is flawed in some way or something like that. It's
1: so hard. It's so hard to fix that incongruity between people using politics. Yep. The the real thing that works there is for a person to say, this, this affects my life. Why does that not matter to you? And the other person right. to say, that matters to me. Then... Then they can have a real conversation. Right. But keeping yep. politics in the middle of it and going through a third party, that kills yeah. that, that yep. kills this sort of like what's really necessary. Because the truth is, dare I say, like it adds a fourth aspect to what actually should be a trinity. And the trinity should uh-huh. be the topic and the two people. Right. Not the whole political platform right. of all concepts ever, then the pieces that each person is seeing right
0: yeah and the interpretation it's, it's that we hard. give to the rhetoric of one politician or one group of politicians mm-hmm. as opposed to again the topic or the yeah the idea yeah and having a conversation about that i agree yeah anyway yeah. so that's
1: uh, we went way off it's on good. a tangent but relationships oh, yeah, it's, matter it's, uh, the, 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 the destruction of facebook 2020 like basically there. <laughs> yeah so i do want to get a little bit more
0: uh-huh A little bit more concrete on this. So one of the things that I've been doing, and this is something that came up at this event, is somebody said, look, you got to take all of the people, right, that you have a relationship with, and put them all in one place. So essentially, you have a CRM. And then, (laughs) and then you prioritize the people that you want to have the relationships with, and then make sure that you're following up with them and checking in on them and having those kinds of relationships, right. And Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know what, that sounds a little bit cold for relationships, but then I was like, but it it's very deliberate, right? Because yeah. then it's, because I get busy, right? And then I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I forgot to check in on my friend Gant. I haven't yeah. talked to him in months, right? And yeah. and that sucks because I like you, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so for me, it's, it's not so much that it's like, oh, wow, I've got this cold process so that I can systematically check in and go, hey, what can you do for me, right? right? Instead, it's a system for me to go, oh, it's been a month. I haven't talked mm. to Gant. I yeah. should reach out and see how he's doing, right? Check in on him, yeah. check in on his family, see how things are going at Infinite Red, see if there's anything yeah. I can do to help, right? Because that's what I want. And so for yeah. me, it's just this little tickler that's going, hey, hey, it's yeah. been a minute. You haven't talked to him. What's going on, right? And yeah, I have people in my life, I mean, I don't even talk to my mom every week, right? Which right. I'm embarrassed to admit. And so it's I'm putting that in there, right? Call mom, right? I have nine mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. If I don't see them this week, I'm gonna give them a call, right? And it's yeah. it's it's just stuff like that where it's like, oh yeah, just being a little bit more deliberate about it means yeah. that I can have the kind of relationship I want with them. And so I'm using well, a CRM and doing that. Nice.
1: And, and let me just say, like, I know you said it can sound cold, but it's making a decision. And making a decision yeah. sets a boundary. And setting a boundary makes what happens. Yep. So the truth is, whatever habits you have, without you making that decision and setting the boundaries and setting up a structure that does it, you're just going to keep doing what you've done. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like what you're doing, you can't change it. And so if it's a CRM, personal note, if it's uh, an email that you send yourself, or a Slack reminder, if you want to be more connected, all those are just mechanisms to you... Building the habits and stopping the flow of things from things that weren't your decisions that took your time. Yeah. Now you've made a decision on what you spend your time on. That's not cold, man. That's that's setting boundaries like a boss. Yep.
0: And that's how I feel about it. So I'm going to throw out the tool. I, this is a long nice. way to get to picking this tool. <laughs> um, but and I have to say, I've tried like every CRM under the sun, and they all suck. Yeah. Okay, so just just be aware, okay. Most of them are geared towards sales, and mm-hmm. I think that's the major problem is that most yeah. of the relationships that I'm working on are not sales relationships, and they don't go through that same process. Yeah. And then even then, the ones that are geared towards sales, they still suck at it because it's like email and phone, email and phone. Well, what if I <laughs> want to tweet to them or text them or yeah. something else, right? Anyway, so I'm I'm just putting that out there too. So the tool that I'm using, and we've been using this. We're gonna start managing all of the podcast workflow through it too. I actually hired a workflow expert to help me with this. It and is Monday.com, but they oh, have yeah. they have a template in there for a CRM. And so I took that and then I just mutilated it, right? And turned it into what I wanted. <laughs> and it has been so nice because it's like, okay, this is the stuff I care about. This is so I have like people's phone numbers and emails and Twitters and LinkedIns and everything in there, right? And so then it just like I, I set them to monthly, weekly, or whatever. And then it turns around and it says, okay. So every Monday, hey, these are the people you got to get a hold of this week. Right. Yeah. And then I just make sure I reach out to a couple of them every day. And just by being able to do that, I'm doing a whole lot better at this. And so, yeah. So, like I said, I just use the CRM template and it's been nice. I am using it for sales too, by the way. So <laughs> uh, it works fine for that as well the only thing that I really have a little bit of an issue with is it is a little bit wonky in doing the reminder to check in on people Uh because I have to create a new task. I have to, anyway, so it's interesting and I'm trying to find the best way to kind of show me my list of people I need to check in on for sales Mm -hmm. and for personal relationships. But yeah, I'm really digging it. So anyway,
1: anyway, Long winded, but there you go. (laughs) That's a good call. And hey, uh, the fact that you found a niche that's semi served through Monday.com, maybe anybody out there who's listening who's interacting with someone who's in a cohort that's looking for their sort of their finale project or something like that, maybe building a basic CRM that's not sales driven, but networking driven. Uh-huh. Wouldn't be such a bad plan. It'd be great for their career and also great for the cohort.
0: Yep. Hmm. Yep.
1: All right. What are your picks? I'm gonna go. Uh, you know what? I already talked about Made with TFGS uh, hashtag, which is great. And I also talked about the the wonderful book Anti Fragile. And I think I'm gonna just take a second to talk about that being my pick. I think it's a good pick for today because Anti Fragile is a concept that does not get taught. Or learned we learn about being robust and that means being the strong person who weathers the storm and you are you're like you're beaten down but you win Mm -hmm. right anti-fragile is a way of looking at the world welcoming the storm and ending up stronger because it has passed through you it reminds me of like dune you know like i shall let the fear pass through me and only i shall remain like it's it's such a motivational book to uh-huh. beat the hell out of hard times and yeah. uh, i like i said i wish i'd given it to myself in 2020 but it was recommended to me at the end of 2020 and the concepts in this book are if i need to go be creative and do a lot of good stuff. I read The War of Art. That Mm, book gets me motivated there. So good. This one is like the motivation to see a problem and go charging into it. Like this is solving things makes you a strong person and makes you actually better. And when you're not solving things, you're actually getting weaker and you're not you're not extreme amounts of time of like protecting yourself from stuff just makes it worse when hard times actually come in. So I love the sort of, I've always kind of heard about this sort of mentality of anti-fragility. And this book is like a manifesto of teaching it, uh, letting you see it and actually understanding it. And I'm, I've, I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm about 75% through the book and I was doing the audio. I bought the hardcover so I can go back and highlight sections. Right, that's, um, it's one of those. <laughs> it's it's been sitting in my
0: uh, Audible account for an embarrassingly long time. I was like, I was like, I'm
1: gonna go get it, and then I'm like, oh, it's in there.
0: It's been in there for a long time.
1: <laughs> I, I I recommend I recommend if you have something difficult coming up, uh, charge yourself with this book and watch watches you any kind of fear or reticence to to take on the hard thing starts to just drift away and turns you into a different person and i'm probably going to read this every 10 years good deal yeah nice well yeah having gone through some hard times
0: and kind of Mm -hmm. figured out some of the things you're talking about with (laughs) oh yeah 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 that would have been good (laughs) but i I like the idea too of just the the constant improvement right so you're not Because, yeah, what what happens is a lot of people, they kind of harden themselves, right? Yeah. Or by hardening themselves, the, the, the problem with hardening yourself is that eventually something's going to come hit you hard enough to crack you.
1: Exactly. He's got this analogy in, I think, like chapter three or something like that, talking about organ. And I see this in organizations all the time. The mechanical that we set up takes on, gets damaged over time. So we, we we set up more mechanics and we have to replace those. We have this replaceable mechanic uh, system. He's, he's got this, instead of that, the organic structure. The organic structure doesn't just like get placed and then put to rest. The organic structure is constantly improving. It's constantly growing stronger by each each test that comes along the muscles build back stronger and the the sort of like the power of the unit gets better and i see that with organic and mechanic structures in companies some places are just a set of rules and when something screws up they just make another rule and another rule and another rule until they're like constricted by all these mechanics that make you know large organizations completely exhausting and then you i I work in one of those large large organizations (laughs) It's or like, hey, I'd like to go to this conference. All right, is it six months out because you've got paperwork to fill you know, or something like that? Yeah. I, I can't stand that. It''s it's a, it's a way better, especially if like you're a startup kind of person or a, or an avid learner or, or a builder, this really speaks to what you what you kind of know innately.
0: Yep, makes sense. Oh, now I, have, now I have another book to go listen to.
1: <laughs> I'm going to throw one more book out there that's
0: less heavy. <laughs> uh, you well, you um, have to get through your books, man. I know, right? You, <laughs> I, I have so many books on Audible that I've bought that I haven't listened to. The last one that I listened to actually is a little bit more practical. It's the Sales Development Playbook, and it's actually on how to build the sales team and how to hire like people to do your pre-sales work. And so, nice. and and that's that's kind of where I'm sitting right now with devchat.tv is, you know, if I have somebody who wants to be part of the Dev Influencers Accelerator, or if I have somebody who is interested in sponsorship or going out and finding and doing the prospecting for sponsorships, right? Uh, it, it turns out that I it tells you how to hire somebody to do a lot of the legwork awesome. up front. So that I, yeah, so that I can just turn around and go, okay, here's right. Here's the, here's what we're going to do, right? And so then when yeah. I reach out to them, it's not in that weird, so you want to sponsor a show, please, <laughs> kind of thing, <laughs> which has actually worked for me very well in the past. Oh, yeah. Yeah but, yeah. but it also talks about like how to do outreach and how to do all that stuff. So anyway, kind of mm-hmm. getting away from that, you know, I guess the heavy topic, which I think is important. Yeah, that that's the mm-hmm. book that I've been listening to right now. So I've got to get through that's that. Awesome. And then the other prospecting book I'm listening to, and then I'll probably pick that one up.
1: I've heard good Sounds things good. about it. Yeah, I would say that this is this is like this is a tool belt book. You can you can actually hold on to it for a bit, but you you just want to make sure that if you if you strike with it at the right time, it's going to have the most effect.
0: Yep. Cool. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. I'm going to remind yeah. people one more time to go check out your book. You can get it on uh, learning.oreilly.com. You can also get it on Amazon, and we'll have links to those in the show notes. And uh, yeah, go follow Gant Laborde with an E
1: on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. I promise lots of crazy stuff on there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You always have good stuff. Sometimes (laughs) you post stuff and it's like, somebody did this with
0: AI. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) That's cool.
1: (laughs) It's I, I, I get to I get to be wowed all the time. This is this is where new stuff is happening. And it's it's equal parts like wow. And oh, my, you know, like this is happening now. I'm not ready for
0: this. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Thank you for coming, Gant. And folks, until next time, Max out. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more.